Hello and welcome to By Its Cover podcast, one marriage's journey through movie night using only intriguing covers of movies found on streaming services. I'm one half of your host, Bree. I'm, I'm the other half, Kevin. What is we throwing in new words now, huh? <laughs> we have had several cover recommendations sent to us together and or separately in recent months. And I thought it might be hoove us to clarify our choosing of covers and how that happens. <laughs> you mean willy-nilly and random at best? Yeah. Um, I do want to point out that although it does happen that a lot of the movies I, I wouldn't say a lot. We've seen a lot of good movies with this process that we have. Uh, that some of them some of them are less than awesome. But their cover is always very intriguing. Um, we don't purposely choose awful movies. It's just somehow, sometimes they turn out to be that way. <laughs> sometimes garbage finds you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's really just uh, how you've explained how we got married. We just we just settled together. Uh, what's this we stuff? I'm not trash. Yeah, you're my treasure, which is another man's trash. <laughs> ouch, babe, ouch. <laughs> you're my treasure. Is that not good enough for you? Uh, That's a good point. Yeah, now who <laughs> looks like a shittier person? You, that's why you're with me. Trash. <laughs> trash. I am trash. So what this came down to is Bree is trash. <laughs> hey, I'm right there with you, okay? It was easier to get you to sink to my level as a person than me to rise to yours. <laughs> you know, I'm going to get a text from my sister while we're watching, or while she's listening to this and be like, you're not trash, Bree. <laughs> no, if anything, we suffer from overconfidence. Yeah. <laughs> we, we believe in ourselves just a little more than we should. <laughs> Hence why we're sitting here talking to each other about a movie. <laughs> Which, okay, uh, when you created the room for us to do this, because uh, we still have not worked out the beautiful system of being in the same place at the same time. Uh, right. The room it looks like the name of the movie is Shitter. Shitter. S-H-T-R. I was like, is this Shitter, the movie? <laughs> this probably... like, is this somebody's, like, a, a, a septic tank cleaning company's vanity license plate? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see what this cover looks like, because I know nothing about this. <laughs> I mean, neither of us know anything about it, but... Since you brought you it up, you at least have an idea what the title is. Yeah, I mean, you helped choose it. No, you're gonna say you sent this to me in a text message, and I half. Oh, okay, I get this. Now I understand shitter. Yeah. <laughs> so this movie is called "See How They Run." Uh, I offered this to our group text group being it's, just you and me. It's not a group chat. It's just you and me. It's just a text through. <laughs> Don't make it sound like we have friends that are involved in this process. No, it's just us. <laughs> uh, this movie is called See How They Run. And it's a searchlight picture. The cover uh, 
is the top half are uh, portraits of different characters slash actors. And uh, they are in a rectangle with kind of an art deco frame, uh, but all of their actual portraits come outside of the top of the rectangle. Uh, you've got one, eight, no, 10 uh, characters that have their own little portraitures at the top. It very much reminds me of like Clue. Um, it's it looks very... like Guess Who. <laughs> or Guess Who. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely looks, it could be like the little rectangle pop up, ups for Guess Who. Uh, and then the second half, the bottom half uh, is Sam Rockwell. And he is uh, dressed as what, like a 1940s detective, maybe? Yeah. Somewhere around there. And he is kneeling uh, next to what appears to be a body that has been black chalk outlined, uh, including the hat that fell over, um, looking very um, pensive, maybe? Detective-esque? Come on. Yeah. What do we want here? <laughs> and then to the right is... Uh, I'm not going to say her first name because I don't know how to say it. Uh, last name is Ronan. Uh, she's Irish. <laughs> so it's like Siobhan, but it's not Siobhan. <laughs> um, and she is in not a detective's uniform, but like she might be some sort of patrol cop. And she's got a notebook that investigators have and she's writing in it looking very um, detective-esque as well uh, and very um, clean and how else would you say that? It, she looks put together. Yes, well put she together. She looks like she's a dame that's got her life together. She yeah. <laughs> doesn't spend it on sassafras. And I don't, I went from 1940s radio guy to like old timey <laughs> prospector real hard in there. Um, the tagline for this movie is the greatest murder ever staged, which I'm super stoked about. Uh, and the list of actors that are in it that I'm sure semi-correlates with the 10 at the top. Uh, I've already mentioned Sam Rockwell, Ms. Ronan, uh, Adrian Brody, Ruth Wilson, Reese Shearsmith, Harris Dickinson, Charlie Cooper, Peppa Bennett Warner, Pearl Chandar, uh, Cian Clifford, Jacob Fortune Lloyd, and David Oluolo. Okay, I want to know what actor on this was the one that made you want to watch it? Uh, Sam Rockwell. Oh, okay. Okay. Be the same yeah. reason why I'd be intrigued. Um, though Sam Rockwell looking kind of Dan Aykroyd-esque. Well, I mean, he's got a big, like, second layer coat on. You know, that you see, so business businessmen wear suits, but then they also wear, like, heavy coats over and over them. And I'm like, do your suits do nothing to protect you from the weather? Uh, that kind they of They were coat. littler back then. They had to be <laughs> insulated. So, like I said, this is a searchlight picture. Uh, it's PG-13. It just released this year. It's a 2022 movie. 
and I'm checking to see if I recognize any of the other names that are on the bottom of this and I do not <laughs> yeah yeah I okay. uh I don't know this one's uh pretty clean straightforward gives you no real real ideas about the movie I mean it kind of uh, gives you a time period setting but that's it is there anything more that you would describe about this cover no, again, I think period piece, that noir styling. Uh, mm -hmm. I hope that means we're going to get some slick dialogue and some uh, some some fast cars and even faster women. Hey, <laughs> some fun accents. <laughs> okay, so do you want to start with your prediction, babe? Okay, uh, I'm going to go just based on the tagline here. Uh, the greatest murder ever staged. I think this is going to be... Uh, a play is or a play is being put on okay and the lead who's a temperamental drunkard is murdered and they have to try to figure out which one of the actors murdered him hmm. like What's murdered for murdered for real yes like within for the real, play real murdered. murdered within the play but also real murdered at the same time yes yeah yeah it's a uh, it's tough to do one and not the other. You can, it's tough to real murder somebody in real life, but not murder them in the play. <laughs> you, know, I don't, I, you think they just weekend at Bernie's Dim after that? Like, like oh, he's for real stabbed and he's just waving his dead little arms around. <laughs> we didn't have a real understudy. We had to muppet him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Just like, yeah, I just had to just cram my hand up there and just work him, work him from the inside. <laughs> you could have just moved his arms. It's not Ooh. how I was trained. We don't do it the easy way. All right. Maybe that's how they do it in Broadway. <laughs> I didn't go to ventriloquist school for nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All those years dad said ventriloquist school was a waste of money. Well, look who's laughing now. It's me, but it looks like it's this other guy. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this, I just can't get clue out of my head. Um, and for those of you that haven't seen the movie Clue, watch it stat. It's amazing. Tim Curry. Oh, God. It's just amazing cast. It's just a great movie. Um, but do you have Stop something advertising to another movie while we're trying to get people to watch this one? Uh, they can. Well, we don't know if we're going to have them watch this one. I swear that if, if this is allowed on this podcast, what I'm going to start doing is every time we start talking about a movie, I'm going to recommend people stop and go watch Predator. Okay. <laughs> I'd rather. Like, hey, look, uh, I know you guys want to find out how the wicked and the damned ends, but I'm just going to say, have you seen Predator lately? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think I'm going to feel in the same vein as Clue. I think they're going to be at a dinner party in a, a remote mansion. And I think it's going to be very similar in the fact that they maybe they're there to play a murder game, like a, like a dinner murder dinner party. Uh, and the murder is actually going to happen. And so they're all running around thinking they're trying to solve this fake murder. And then all of a sudden, somebody realized that the body uh, wasn't wasn't alive. Like they had actually been murdered, 
And so they all get sequestered and then they um, have to uh, stay there because Sam Rockwell and Ms. Ronan are there to investigate the goings on. And so it's going to be like a time lapse, time forward, time backwards, kind of uh, run around. Everything's intertwined murder mystery. Okay. okay, I got it. I got you. I got you. It's uh, that's an interesting take. I think I I think the thing that I'm laughing about in my head is the idea that uh, murder at a dinner murder party is so done in media in like fiction and stuff that I'm like makes you wonder how many people like when these were stories were just coming out were like I'm not going to that fucking house that's doing another murder mystery. Okay. <laughs> There's going to be bodies on bodies. I remember we had like a birthday party one year where this was like what my parents did. I was like, you, that's what you wanted. You wanted kids trying to solve a murder as for like when they were nine. You thought that was going to be fun for us is just one of us thinking a friend was dead. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I kind of stand by me. Bullshit. Did my parents try to pull? (laughs) Did you find a body down by the railroad tracks? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just, yeah, that's it's, it's such a weird thing. They sold kits of it, and you're like, it's never going to be good. Like, it's never a good mystery. All I can like, think it's of- always whatever player has the greenish shoes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've never that's actually done one. You've never actually done a murder? Well, no, not that either, but I've never been to a murder mystery party. I always oh. think... Uh, it's kind of like when I talked about going to the escape room. I always think I'm going to be really good at at solving like puzzles and mysteries and stuff because I've watched so many crime shows and it's just it's never there for me. Like I cannot no, I, make those I, connections. You bought one of those hunt a killer things and yep. uh, it has remained unsolved. <laughs> yeah, I started those are fast turning into cold case files, honey. I, it's way harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> they don't show me a flashback or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> There's no so, Mariska Hargitay to bounce things off of. Where the hell are you, Olivia Benson? <laughs> All right, babe. Uh, do you want to go watch this movie? Yeah, let's go see how they run. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> But I'm going to end with let's go watch a movie. (laughs) Comedy's the news. And we're back. I haven't just watched See How They Run. We did watch See How They Run. And boy, did we see how we had some fun. Uh, okay. I feel like you liked this movie, but that... There was just something that might have been missing for you. Well, uh, besides a fully choreographed Sam Rockwell dance number. Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So first off, let's talk about the big thing we missed. Yeah. Snacks. Yeah. We did not snack because we watched this, I think, at like two in the morning. Yeah, we watched it pretty late. (laughs) Uh, I think it was the thing we were put on to keep from having to think about cleaning for Thanksgiving guests. And we're like, we should do by its cover work. And we're like, well, yeah, it's keeping us from cleaning because the podcast is that important to us. Like you listeners deserve the hottest content. And then it's funny because then we were like, hey, should we go and record? And we're like, no, we should clean. 
Yeah. <laughs> so it's been kind of an off and on, like, we should record. But, oh, yeah, Kevin's in South Dakota. <laughs> yeah, Kevin drove 26 hours to South Dakota. And he's like, well, I'll be, I'll be chipper to record when I get home. And you're like, you've driven 13 hours straight after driving 13 hours there. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? And I'm like, I don't remember any of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is set in 1953. In it is. Which can we be real for a second? Sure. Like a, just a moment of of uh, whenever somebody has a noir movie and it's set in the fifties, I'm like, no, too soon, gentlemen, it's too late, uh, too soon, too soon. It's Wait. too close to us now. Like I'm like, because like in my mind, noir is always like twenties, thirty, and thirties. And it's like, no, nah, noir went for a while. Do you realize that was like 70 years ago? I know, but I'm like, in the 50s, they were all about like soda pop and uh, race cars. Yeah, slicking their hair back with grease. Yeah, rebels without causes, not like hard-boiled detectives that had PTSD. <laughs> that, that uh, like the whodunits. Um, so this movie, like I said, was set in 1953 in Weston, London. Uh, it's based uh, the the overall story is based around the play the mousetrap uh by agatha christie and it uh in the start of the movie is celebrating its hundredth uh live performance since opening which they got a giant cake they so did. i'm saying when by its cover hits episode 100 giant cake there is a, we're really close to it we'll hit it in 2023 for sure i i know <laughs> giant cake if any of our listeners wants to send us a giant cake <laughs> reach out or even just a giant cupcake which is uh i guess a regular size cake <laughs> at what point does a cupcake become a cake in size when it is in good taste to share with someone Oh, like what well, at the point where they're like, you shouldn't eat that all in one sitting. <laughs> it's big. It's going to be bigger than a Costco muffin, though, for it to be a shareable cupcake cake. Yes. OK, because muffins are just nudist cupcakes. That's true. Yeah. They didn't get all dolled up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> cupcakes are muffins in drag. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, like I said, this movie is uh, uh, based around the mousetrap play. Uh, there, uh, There's a guy, Mr. Wolf. I can't remember if it's John or Joe. I think it's John. Uh, is trying to get um, Mousetrap made into a movie. And so he's there in London. He's brought the director, Copernic, uh, played by Adrian Brody. And then he also has um, a writer, uh, Mervyn Cocker Norris, that... Uh, the director and Mervyn do not get along. But then again, we find out that Copernic, Adrian Brody's character, it doesn't, nobody likes him because he's a freaking jerk. Which is, is such a weird, it's like, like Adrian Brody doesn't seem to ever be a jerk to me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I just, I don't ever buy him as like slimy. He just seems uh, on the verge of crying in every movie. <laughs> Even when he's supposed to be playing an action guy. When he was in Predators, I'm like, are you going to defeat them with a hug? <laughs> I know you worked so I mean, he worked so hard to be so muscly mm -hmm. in that movie. And I'm just like, just cuddle. Yeah, just cuddle. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't I, I don't buy him. Also, he has a bad accent too. Um, a very bad, like 
Brooklyn kind of accent. Yeah. And I mean, it's, I think the movie is trying to do that to establish like he does not fit in with these London kind of upper class kind of people. He's mm-hmm. the, the clash of like American film versus British like, oh, we're talking about the Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> we're the home to the globe theater. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that just is a mismatch. But like I, I like Adrian Brody. Yeah. In almost everything. Um, I think the other thing to point out with this movie, too, is it's very Mm -hmm. self-aware, which is, I mean, kind of the point of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a self-awareness. And I I don't know. I think one of the things I I I struggled with is I couldn't tell if it was a love letter to noir movies Mm -hmm. or if it was just like, yeah, these are kind of dumb. Like I couldn't get if it was a send up or like a homage. What was interesting for me is it almost feels like a meta episode of like Supernatural Mm -hmm. uh, because they kind of self wink a lot. Um, uh, One of the things you pointed out to me was there were a lot of red herrings. Um, Usually you get one red herring, but there there were several in this movie. Um, The other thing that I noticed when I was reading the trivia is that there were a lot of um, like tiny love letters to Agatha Christie, the uh, the person that wrote the mousetrap. Uh, one at one point, um, somebody asks somebody with a French accent, "Hey, are you? Uh, what part of France are you from?" And he goes, "I'm from Belgium," which is a reference to one of her most famous characters, Hercule Poirot, because he always gets that same Hercules Pierogi. Yeah. <laughs> Nope. <laughs> yep. He's very popular in Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, you you may recognize the character from Murder on the Orient Express. Oh. Played by Kenneth Branagh. Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for our audience that's not aware, this has been a longstanding feud <laughs> where I refuse to accept that Murder on the Orient Express is Kenneth Branagh. Uh, I think it's Pierce Brosnan 100% of the time. Yeah. And it's totally- I, I think it's just I want to see Pierce Brosnan in an old timey like Colonel Sanders mustache. <laughs> if I could take Mel Gibson's current mustache fascination mm-hmm. and stick it on Pierce Brosnan, I would be the happiest man alive. <laughs> we do like to make you happy. Yes. Uh, so there is a second accent in this that just uh, threw me over the edge, which was uh, Sam Rockwell's. And he was the main detective. Um not stalker, Stoddard, Stoppard, 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 Stoppard. Yeah. So Sam, I also, I think there's the miss, the misstep of man telling Sam Rockwell to like be subdued mm-hmm. doesn't work. I, I'm like, there's certain actors that I'm like, don't ask them to tone it down. Yeah. Like you don't, you don't ask Christopher Walken, not to Chris Walken it. You don't yeah. ask Nick Cage. At no point are you gonna be like, Hey Nick, Hey, have we thought about not doing a wacky ass voice? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't ask Sam Rockwell. You're, you're like, hey, Sam. Maybe uh, an accent that you don't quite have a grasp on. Mm-hmm. And uh, just none of your normal energy. Just please. Can you have none of the charisma? Yeah. <laughs> from the most charismatic man in Hollywood. Right? <laughs> like you'd be like asking the rock not to oil up his biceps at some point. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Sam, we want to see Sam Rockwell go hard. And he there he wasn't. Given, oh, you don't even have to have go in there. Yeah. 
Wow, Kevin, <laughs> <laughs> you made me agree to something before my brain could That's skitter what you to a get for not uh, <laughs> not thinking through what Kevin was thinking. Um, he is a detective. He's the primary detective in this, and he is uh, shadowed by Stalker, played by. I can't remember if she's an inspector or I can't remember her title. She's a trainee. She yeah, So we'll just call her Stalker. Um, and her, she was played by Shersha, Sersha Ronan. I looked up her name and she had, um, she had. Nobody on this podcast was going to fact check you. Uh, hosted an SNL episode. And so, you know that they get it right. So I went and watched the, and welcome to the stage, your host for the evening, Sersha Ronan. Oh, weird. So is she's a British actress or actor? No. She's not. Where is she? American? She, she is American. So is, I wonder if that's why the accents are so f- funky in this is because this is a, was this an American produced movie? I don't think so, because a lot of the I l- went and looked at the IMDb for a lot of the cast and a lot of them have been in British productions. Uh, but Sersha is actually from I think it was Brooklyn, but both of her parents are Irish. Mm. And so I think that because I felt like her accent was really well done. Yeah, I, I just I, I think uh, Sam Rockwell was miscast in this. Just a, I don't know, if which he was, is I really like Sam. I don't know if he was miscast or um, I think I would have liked the character overall to be more kooky. Yeah, it, uh, I whatever notes he was given, I was like, I think that might have been the wrong take. Yeah, so... Uh, that being said, uh, I still love seeing Sam Rockwell on the screen. Um, it, so this m- movie is about the murder of Copernic, uh, sometimes pronounced Copernic, but it I'm going to say Copernic, hopefully. Uh, and he gets murdered, and it's all about finding out who done it, essentially. Uh, he narrates throughout the movie, even after he dies. Um, and it, it's really interesting to see how they fold in uh, parts of the mousetrap, parts of other Agatha Christie novels. Um, did you figure out who done it before? Yeah, it, I kind of like immediately had suspected uh, the the killer. I yeah, I was like, don't say and who it is. <laughs> it's very like it's it's super enjoyable because. Uh, First off, like they, they hint where like, oh, it's always a nobody. Yeah. You know, and uh, like that's who the character is, really. Yeah. But then also, I I thought it was interesting because they try to weave it in. Uh, I just think the movie, it's not like this has to have a morality tale to it, but mm-hmm. it does make an interesting point about like this character is driven to this murder because of the mousetrap mm-hmm. and basically like the respect that true crime doesn't give as a genre or uh, just in general like that morbid fascination with death and murder doesn't necessarily respect vi- the victim of mm-hmm. the crime or realize that that's an actual person which I think to me is it's like a point worth ha- a conversation worth having um, for sure because you know it's it's funny I, I was in a, a, a chat with somebody and one of the topics because I'm a huge horror fan mm-hmm. came up of like well doesn't that just make the world a worse place having that kind of violence out there and like putting those thoughts in people's heads or uh, just, you know, it's just such a negative thing. And I'm like, eh, 
of all the things, you know, well, I like guess I, I'm not too worried about it, but I, you're like, if it's based on a true story, what obligation did you owe to that person? A, to tell the truth, B, to like present them as fully realized people. And so the, the movie kind of points that out as maybe like, hey, that might be a shortcoming of Agatha Christie's work is that she based these on real things and maybe didn't wasn't super respectful. Mm hmm to the families. Well, one of the other trivia things I learned while reading about this was uh, the reason why Agatha Christie started writing her um, murder mysteries is she was a nurse in World War One, and so she came across a lot of poisons, and uh, she felt like with all the knowledge that she had that she could start writing murder mysteries. So there's actually a little bit of a, I don't want to say homage, um, but like an Easter egg with her and poison in this movie mm -hmm. uh, was it was pretty cleverly done. Um, I do have to say I laughed a lot in this movie. There was a lot of subtle humor. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't consider it dark humor. Uh, it was definitely it's pretty dark. It's uh, it's a British dark humor. That's why I ha I'm having a hard time placing this movie because there are certain things in it that don't feel like a British comedy. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's certain things that make it very much feel like one. So that's why I was trying to figure out if this was a British movie or is this uh, like an American director or a person with like kind of that American aesthetic putting that on, like doing their version of a British Agatha Christie murder mm -hmm. mystery update. I think if I remember correctly, when I looked up the writer and director, both of them had it worked with um, British TV so shows. Okay. Uh, so it, it makes me wonder if, in fact, the um, caricature is a Britain American. Yeah. As a, or a British person caricaturizing a, an American caricaturizing uh, British people. <laughs> and in some ways, it is kind of like a mashup of Agatha Christie and Philip Marlowe, who's Philip Marlowe's the American noir. Okay. So it's an American noir mashed up with uh, uh, Agatha Christie murder mystery, which are very similar, but they very feel very distinctly different. You same, know? same, but different? Yeah, noir is a little bit grittier, uh, mm -hmm. more hard-boiled, I think would be the word I would use. Mm -hmm. The characters are more flawed in a lot of ways. Because, like, you read Agatha Christie, Hercule Poirot is... He's a, a dandy, but he's like the perfect guy. He's a gentleman yeah. and like expert in all these things and all that. You know, Sherlock Holmes is an expert in all these things. Likes his cocaine, though. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which they're like, yeah, it wasn't a problem back then. Uh, we put it in cough syrup and that's why the kids are all bouncy. Um, and then we got we calmed him down with the laudanum. <laughs> we just the cycle. And then when they got too calm, back with the cocaine. Uppers and downers. Yeah, you just really got to ride that line. We accidentally Chris Farley'd a lot of kids. Uh, <laughs> that's why you had nine of them because you're like, gotta get dosages balanced out by the end. <laughs> really wanted to be the last born in that family. <laughs> it was just safer. You were less a trial version. Um, yeah. So I. I the the humor like i think part of it is something something in this movie caused me to kind of zone a little bit out i noticed that um which i don't quite know what it was as far as cuz all the things in there should have made this a movie i paid attention to yeah but you're not a huge murder mystery person no and i wonder if it's cuz i'm like oh i think i know who did it and then i'm like okay 
and I'm seeing nothing that's counter or contraindicating that. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to end up being for all this movie being like clever with trying to do this, that and the other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, OK, I know who's going to do it. And, yeah. Um, it's not one of those like, I'm right. It's just like I took a guess. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm listening to what this guy's saying. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be the butler. So I just picked the closest character to a butler that was on screen <laughs> at the time. Although we did. um I think we had predicted in the intro that the butler was going to die. And there was a butler yeah. that, that died. <laughs> I, I will also say this movie does have one of my, um, I think, which is one of my my cardinal sins oh. of mystery movies, which uh, to me, a mystery movie is a good mystery movie if you can solve the plot, mm-hmm. given all the clues that have been seen on screen. And okay. you can't. Um, like, you can guess, but like, there's this one moment mm-hmm. where... They show you a scene that didn't happen. Uh, like, you, we, we don't see it play out chronologically. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the one that they're like, yeah, of course, now this you know it's the killer. And you're like, would have loved to have had that. <laughs> would have loved to have had that tidbit there. Um, I actually think that you missed it. Because there was a point where they talked about the inciting incident. And there was a newspaper article shown. Right. Yeah. But it was the, um, I'm talking about the one where he gets him the bottle of bourbon. Oh, okay. That's not shown. At least I don't recall it being shown as it happened in the movie. It's a, a, it's a flashback to a scene. Yes, you're correct. Yes. And I'm like, okay, cool. Also, they have characters, uh, that don't actually do anything in this story. Oh yeah. I mean, they exist literally to be red herrings. Um, Mm -hmm. the character of Geo. Yeah. Who has no characterization beyond like strongly implied he's um, Mervin's honey. Mervin's, yeah. Uh, Italian slash Latin slash ambiguously hot blooded European um, (laughs) man lover. Lover. That was very awkward. Well, I was going to say boy love, but I'm like, that's not. That's way worse. I hate Um, that so much. But also, I was like, he's man love. I was like, I don't know. They didn't seem like they were in love. His his man toy. I don't know. (laughs) It was his Geo. It was his Geo. (laughs) If I'm just like, yes, you know, the Geo in the group, you'd be like, oh, I know what he means. Yeah, he he actually just disappears from the entire plot. No, like, resolution about yeah. him whatsoever. <laughs> we also, so, uh, you know, not to spoil, it's revealed that Kaepernick has a kid. Yeah. And that never gets addressed. Nope. Doesn't it, go anywhere. It's a complete red herring. Um, And then it just disappears as a plot point. Yep. For as much as they put an importance on it happening, uh-huh. it just goes away. Well, it kind of goes away. It does, because there's no resolution. You just, it's revealed they're like, Oh, yeah, she's not who uh, the wife is not who we thought she was. Yeah. The end. Also, uh, the ex or the ex-wife and wolf. Yeah. Kind of disappears as a plot point. Yep. And that feels like it's building to something. Yeah. So this movie is just fascinating in the fact that it's like these characters exist as tools to move a story along to Mm -hmm. build a cast of whodunits. Yeah. And then it's almost like the minute the, the the screenplay gets done with them, they're like, well, these characters cease to exist. Well, you I mean, you referenced it in the intro. This is it, this was like a um, uh, amalgamation of Clue and guess who? It, 
I think that we both kind of were right in that way because. Would that be called guess clue? Guess clue. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, because there there were disappearing characters, but there was also a murder mystery that you're trying to solve throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it just that uh, in looking back at it, I'm like, this is so interesting how they choose to winnow down the cast. And most movies would do like murders, mm-hmm. progressive murder. And it, it does. It's weird how it decides to do it for some, but not others. Yeah. You know, and it just try to like trying to maintain the who could it be? But you're like, well, we haven't seen Geo in 30 minutes. I don't think it's going to be Geo. You know? I don't think he's coming back. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be the son like mad at his dad for abandoning him. So, yeah, it's uh, but I think we need to talk about the character that I think stole the movie, which is uh, Moaning Myrtle. <gasps> yeah, I have no idea. I, I she is. Uh, I think her real name's Bonnie. I don't know, but she always just everything she's in. Uh, she has a very distinct voice. Mm-hmm. Um, she creeps me out in a lot of things that she's in. Cause okay. She creeps me out in Harry Potter. Yep. Because uh, she's like in her 30s trying to like sneak a peek. Yeah, at Harry bathing. She's playing like a fourteen, right? But it's still just weird to me that they. I'm like, you guys, this you found three child actors (laughs) that are very talented, and you're like, well, we rolled the dice and got lucky three times. There's no way we can do it a fourth for this side (laughs) character. Uh, We know no other children. We cast all the children in Britain in this movie. There's no more left. Pretty darn close. Yeah. um, But she was also I. Then we we found her in Doctor Who when we like binged Doctor Who one time, and she gets turned into a cobblestone. I do not with a mouth at all, and she stays dating the guy. Yep, don't remember that. And it's implied she's like we get romantic, and I'm like that dude fucks a cobblestone. (laughs) Uh, It was really funny though when she came on screen because you're like God, she looks familiar, and I was like, you know who that is. And you you couldn't figure it. And I was like, "Is Moaning Myrtle?" And you're like, "Oh shit!" Because she's she's portraying Agatha Christie. Yeah, and it, she's older. It's weird to watch her play someone her own age. Um, she's got she's not that old. Yeah, she's salt and peppery in yeah. it. Yeah, but uh, I I loved her because uh, she plays a character type that I love, which is old woman that is just like not recognizing her age and is just a little fountain of rage. Yep. <laughs> Like, I just, there's, when that happens, like, you give me Betty White that can kick ass. I'm like, hell yeah. (laughs) There's just something about that. I don't want to see a grandpa do that. I'm like, that's wish fulfillment for you, old man. (laughs) Meanwhile, over here, I'm like, do a backflip and kick him in the nuts, Agatha. Um, It's just a moment where she has the killer, like, she hits him with a snow shovel. And then what I loved is, I'm like, oh, that's a badass moment. Then she goes for, like, the killing blow with... Like to cut his head off with a snow shovel and her honey has to come in and be like, no, 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 Agatha. Like, like <laughs> not we're, we're good. We're good. And then you find out she'd already killed him, too. Like, yeah. She, she, she also like her first appearance is her uh, coming in with tea and being all like, oh, would you guys like some tea? Yeah. And like the tray gets set down and a person goes to reach for the cup and she's like, no, that's his. <laughs> Like, it was so obvious. And then it got uh, spun Sweet around. Lazy Susan. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the Lazy Susan. And she is like, she gets it to the butler. <laughs> yeah. It's an accident. So, Kevin, how would you change this cover? You know, I don't, I don't think I actually have a problem with the cover. 
Um, I think it's just a little bland in spots. Um, I think I would have figured out, uh, I would have put them on like a marquee. Ooh. Like have the dead body under the marquee and the names of the actors rather than just a photo. Cause I'm like, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. You know, to some degree, it's not like you're like, oh my God, that was Eddie Murphy in 500 pounds of fat makeup all along. Like, so there's none of that. So yeah. just have them treat it more like the, the theater that it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would have been cool. Yeah. Um, I think I would either have the mousetrap stage or I might even go with the cake, like a picture of the cake. I think you could get away with one of those really like kind of cheesy ones from old or not old movies, but like movies from the seventies the and eighties mm-hmm. where they had like 50 freaking props on it that like, you're like, Oh yeah, it's the guy <laughs> in the coat, the coat rack. It's the, the skis. It's the sewing machine. It's all those things. I think you could have done that and had a lot of fun with it. Yeah. Cause then you'd be like, Oh, I know this now. I don't mind the sets of uh, faces up top. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. This, the bottom half of the, the movie poster is, uh, kind of boring. Yeah. Um, it definitely makes it look like a whodunit, uh, but it, it just, I feel like it could have been a little more and I'm not quite sure what that little bit more looks like. I also, for a movie being called See How They Run, I get it's tied to the mousetrap. I'm assuming the song Three Blind Mice plays a part in the play the mousetrap does it you don't remember i don't remember you were too busy not getting high and not dating yeah <laughs> uh, you're nerding it up with buffy the vampire Slayer. to be fair like that's well over 20 years ago when <laughs> yes we understand you're ancient um but i like because i'm like oh yeah that that connection the th- see how they run being a reference to three blind mice which mm-hmm. is in the mousetrap maybe we don't know we're not researchers um, I don't know. So I was just like, oh, I don't, I have no connection to it. Yeah. I think you could also do a really cool cover um, of a mouse trap mm-hmm. with Adrian Brody's dead body on it. Like it has the caught mouse. Yeah. And then like the, some of the characters shadows kind of going into the mouse trap oh. a little bit. Um, I think you could have done something like that too. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So you're suggesting like a complete title revamp too? Oh yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't know if I see how they run. Is I think it's a, like I think it's kind of a cute title. Like yeah, I just don't understand it in the context of the thing unless it is a reference to Agatha Christie. Which I mean, I get it, but it's not like it's not like the name of one of her plays. It's not like Murder on the Orient Express. Where you're like, oh, right. <laughs> this Pierce Brosnan movie is going to be delightful. <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> oh, I wonder what Kenneth Branagh's doing. Anyways, <laughs> continue. Yeah, so um, there's something to be desired with the cover, but um, would you recommend this movie? You know, it's it's good. Like, it's a good time. It's uh, it's not going to change your mind. It's not a usual suspects where you're like, I'm going to see something that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. Like you know, or understanding how it changes the game. It's just a fine kind of like meta movie on noir and Agatha Christie novels. Yep. Yeah. Uh it's a competent you can't kill Stephen King. Okay. I've blocked out most of that movie because it was not very good. 
Um, I also would recommend. Oh, I know you would. I watched it with you. <laughs> I, at certain points, I wondered, were we watching the same movie? I know. I kept laughing at the clear humor. And I'd look over and your face was just like blank. And I'm like, what are you? Why are you? You <laughs> kicked me like three times. We like, why aren't you laughing? I'm like, because I'm being assaulted. That's yeah. what most people don't giggle whilst getting kicked in the ribs. Well, you make it, you make it feel like I'm not watching the same movie that you're watching. I just, it's a movie. My experience with it doesn't have to mimic your experience with it. I we know. Can, we can grow uh, fonder <laughs> apart on these movies. Uh, so, yes, I would recommend this. I uh, really enjoyed See How They Run. Um, Check it out. If you are, if you're an Agatha Christie person, definitely watch it. Uh, there's some good humor, some good references to her. Did we mention where folks can find this one? Uh, no. Where did we find it? I, I think. Did you find it on Paramount or HBO Max? I think it was HBO Max. Okay. Yeah. Oh, one of the premium streaming services. It wasn't our normal Amazon. Yeah. Um, you can see it on Amazon. You just have to pay for it. Yeah. So if you have HBO Max, hop on over there and watch it there. Um, all right, Kevin, where can we find you on? Unless you have anything else to add. Heck no, I don't. Let's uh, plug some pluggables. Okay, you uh, first. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at uh, Kevin underscore egg. Mm-hmm. That's C-A-V-I-N underscore E-G-G. Or at my website, KevinEggleston.com. Brie, where can folks find us and hear us? You can also find Kevin on Patreon.com. That's right. Patreon.com forward slash Kevin Eggleston. Uh, you can find us by its cover pod on Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, Tumblr, and Instagram at by its cover pod and Facebook by its cover podcast um, or in most streaming services. So if you... Uh, would be so kind as to like and subscribe to all the places and also if you'd leave a review for us that would be delightful yeah and did you order a couple of phones on black friday on sale (laughs) you know what you should do grab them download spotify and play this a couple times (laughs) just really help our numbers or steal your friend's phones i really hope that we come up on some people spotify wrapped so if we if we show up on your spotify wrapped uh let us know because I'd I'd love to know that. Yeah, I think we might come up on mine. <laughs> I know I've listened to several of our episodes again. Yeah, yeah, it makes you fall in love with me all over it again. It does. It does. You also are like, I'm going to use this against him because he doesn't remember it. <laughs> Your fugue states are my playground. Yeah. All right, Bree, <laughs> and with that, I think we should say, comedy is the new sex. Comedy is the new sex. <laughs>